0: Today on It's Time. This is what's really weird. Sometimes the Bible doesn't tell us things, and when it doesn't tell us things, I think that's really important. I hear the calling, it's time. It's time.
1: It's time. time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler.
0: Jesus of the Bible tells us there is a road to heaven and few there be that find it because narrow is the road. But wide is the path that leads to hell and destruction. And you see, that's what makes Christianity different because we realize that it isn't religion. It's a relationship with the God that created everything. Religion is always that which is trying to Prove our worthiness. Jesus Christ says, you're not worthy. You're never going to be worthy. But I can make you worthy. We go, thank you, Jesus. That's good news. In other words, you and me, we go to heaven not because we're good, but because God's good. And our lives are, as the Bible says, hid in him. Now, we put on the robe of righteousness. We talked about this a lot of time. But it's where God takes his righteousness and wraps it around us. That's what makes you and me righteous. It isn't something that I generate myself, again, by eating organically grown foods and reciting certain mantras. I'm righteous. You're righteous because of faith. It's a free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, there was a division that happened. Well, verse 5. And when a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and the Jews with their rulers to abuse and stone them, they became aware of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe, the cities of Lyconia, and to the surrounding region. About 40 miles. So when they realized that they were done here, they left. Now friends, I think this is where the Holy Spirit comes in. And I think this is a great inspiration for all of us. There is God's wisdom to know when to stay and when to leave. I believe that we find this through the Bible. We find Paul let down in a basket outside the city walls when a when a plot was revealed that they were going to try to kill him. And yet other times we find Paul as we just studied dug his heel in and stayed a long time. So I believe that this is why the spirit filled Christian life is so important as we live for Christ because we have to know when to go and we have to know when to stay. You say, well, how do I know this? I don't think there's a a formula. I believe it's a relationship again with God that God moves you and lets you know. Are we moving in fear or are we moving in boldness? I believe that's a great indicator of whether or not we should stay or leave. Uh, I believe that boldness sometimes tells us to go somewhere else. I believe boldness sometimes tells us to stay. You say, well, how do you know the difference? I don't know. All I can tell you is this. I believe it's experience. And I believe in experience. Jesus said it like this. My sheep know my voice. Another they will not listen to. And I believe that's why we need to acquaint ourselves with God's word to know our daddy's voice. You'll hear daddy's voice as you read his word because his voice is different than the voice of the devil. His voice is different than your own conscience voice. Sometimes we don't know the difference. We have all these voices. We're spiritual beings. Hey, that's why we're a triune being. We're a body, mind, and a spirit. And the Bible says that spirit in man is dead, but it still can pick up things in the underworld. And that's why you'll find people in the occult and all kinds of other things. Because they're trying to tap into that spiritual realm. Well, when we become born again, God tones our frequency, you might say, into the Father's... And that way we can hear his voice. I want to just encourage you to spend time alone with daddy and get his voice. Know his voice. Because when God says to jump and go, go. When God says to stay and stand, we do that. And it's different in every situation. All the way through the Bible, you're going to see where situations sometimes were similar. Sometimes God said to go and sometimes God said to stay. Well, here's the problem with us. We've been over this before. We love formulas. Eeny beanie, beanie, chilly beanie, you know, kind of thing. How do I make this thing work? Well, first of all, it ain't a thing, and second of all, it's God's voice. But we like formulas. So I think I'll just cruise on down and get a book called How to Hear God's Voice. Well, that's what a lot of times we like to do. So in other words, when this happens and this happens and this happens, then you do this. Friends, that's not the way God ever intended our relationship to be. God intended his relationship with you and me to be a daily, speaking, intimate relationship with him. That's what he wants. Not where we, hey, God, good to see you on Sunday. Nice place you got here. Wow, that's all right, you know. See you next week. But it's daily that God says, hey, I want to communicate with you every day to give you the marching instructions so you'll know when to stand and when to leave. Well, it tells us here. There was a tempt on them to stone them. Well, they became aware of it, fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lyconia and the surrounding regions, 40 miles away, and they were preaching the gospel there. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was setting a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and he walked. Whoa. Now there's a lot of things here that I, I have to look at up close here. First of all, it says, while Paul was speaking, Paul noticed somebody, as he was talking, was really tuned in on him, really listening to what he had to say. You'll find this whenever you're talking to people. In fact, sometimes you'll, you'll be talking maybe in a store or whatever, and you'll be talking to your friends, and they're, you know, they're looking at the screwdrivers while you're talking to them. Meanwhile, somebody else over on the other aisle is listening to what you're having to say, kind of eavesdropping in. Sometimes the people that you don't think are listening are listening, and sometimes the one you think are listening aren't listening. Paul noticed this guy that was listening And he noticed something about him And evidently we don't have the. This is what's really weird Sometimes the Bible doesn't tell us things And when it doesn't tell us things I think that's really important Okay, what doesn't the Bible tell us here? Let's look at this together. If you guys all like, you know, some of you people are like really into the jigsaw puzzles and stuff like that. Well, you know, what's another name for a uh, 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 black uh, cookie that has white in the middle? What's another name for that? You know, and they're asking everybody, what's oh, it's an Oreo. Okay, but we, we think that way. When I see things like this in the Bible, it causes me to want to say, what's going on here? Let's look at this, okay? Paul... It says, he heard Paul speaking. Paul observed him intently. I, I get that. There was no problem there. And seeing that he had the faith to be healed. It, there's a question there. How did he know that? How did Paul know this guy had the faith to be healed? The Bible doesn't tell us. Some, I checked this out in some commentary. Some say, well... Paul had the word of knowledge and the Holy Spirit just revealed it to him. I think that could be a very real possibility. Another might have been that while Paul was speaking, maybe the guy was going, mm-hmm, nodding his head up and down, stroking his chin. He couldn't walk, but he was going, mm-hmm. "Yeah, yeah, good, good stuff. I like that. It's good." Maybe it was something that Paul just supernaturally new, maybe outside of the gift of of the word of knowledge. Maybe it was just something, a, a, a countenance on his face. You say, what's the point of this? Be open to how God will speak to you concerning others. A lot of times we like to put people in a box, and sometimes I've noticed this in my own life. The people that I have witnessed to that I thought would never accept Christ as Savior are the ones that eventually get saved. And some of those that I thought were so warm, tender-hearted that were just this close to accepting Christ, they're still not walking with the Lord. And you say, what, how does that happen? Friends, I don't really know. But I know this. That God has ways of communicating to us. And paul it says here that Paul saw that he had the faith to be healed. Now, he said with a loud voice, Stand straight on your feet. And he leaped and he walked. This guy had never walked before. That had to be a supernatural thing too. Because most people... If they haven't ever walked before, they have to get their equilibrium, they have to know how to walk, they know how to how to balance. But the thing is, a notable miracle had been done. Now, when the people saw what Paul had done, they raised their voices, saying in the Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. This is something that a lot of the the Hebrew a lot of the Greeks believed and, and these pagan is that occasionally the gods would actually come down and walk among them as, as common people. The gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. And Barnabas they call Zeus. And Paul they call Hermes because he was the chief speaker. So Jupiter and Mercury have now come down and they're walking among us. Uh, Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. That's you know, kind of Hermes' uh, message of communications. Where even in the Bible, we, um, in, in theological uh, circles, they'll say the uh, hermeneutics, uh, the ability to communicate God's truth. It comes from this word, this this word of being able to communicate, and so he was the guy that had the wings. you ever see a, a Mercury dime? You know that dates some of us. But anyway, back before they had the um, FDR dimes, they had the Mercury dime, and, and you remember that Mercury had these little wings on her on her ears. It was on her. It was on her money. It really was. Um, but. But anyway, it was because the message could be communicated quickly and effectively. Well, anyway, they began to think these guys were gods. And the priest of Zeus, whose temple was in front of their city, brought oxen and garlands to the gate, intending to sacrifice with the multitudes, literally to them. Now, this this is now escalating into something that's, Far beyond what they had ever thought, hey, all we did was just have, see this guy that had the faith to be healed we prayed and, 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 he, and he got up and 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 now everybody thinks we're gods. but when the apostle Barnabas and Paul heard this, they tore their clothes and ran among the multitudes crying out saying, "Men, why are you doing these things? We are also men, just the same as nature as you, and preach to you' that you should turn from these vain things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all the things that are in them. So here's a crowd and they're all, you know, here comes the priest, you know, with an ox, and He's, you know, got the knife and some garlands off of his Christmas tree at home. And he's bringing all this stuff down and he's going to, they're going to sacrifice to him. And And one of the things that every child of God knew, especially Hebrew children, don't touch the glory. In other words, when they were trying to elevate them from the status of men into the status of gods, this was so repulsive to Paul and Barnabas that they tore their clothes and they ran into the midst of the crowd saying, look, we're just like you are. You know, they tore their clothes. Maybe I, I, maybe... It, which was a sign in the in the in the Hebrew world of of extreme distress. You'll find oftentimes in the Old Testament everybody was always tearing their clothes up. I guess they had good clothing or somewhere around, because they were always tearing their clothes off. But here they tore their clothes. It, it may have been to reveal that they had hair on their chest. They weren't hollow, you know, ghost type figures or whatever. Hey, look, we're just like you. But we preach Christ to you and to turn away from these vain things. And it says. Why are you doing this? To turn away from these things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that are in them. Notice Paul now, speaking to this Gentile crowd, does not bring in a Hebrew lesson from the Old Testament. He brings in what they understood, something outside of their own ability to control the heavens, the stars, all these things. He's saying, these things speak of the glory of God. We find this in uh, Romans chapter 1, that the heavens declare the glory of God. It, it's, it's there. It's, it's undeniable that there is a divine pattern that God has created. And you'd have to be literally a fool to deny that these things happen by accident or even by evolution. They don't happen that way. So he communicates to them where they are at. Now again, this gets back to being a good communicator. Recognize your crowd, understand what their mentality possibly is, and then communicate, build the bridge to be able to communicate to them. That's what he did. And whose bygone generations allowed all nations to walk in their own eyes, nevertheless, he did not leave himself without a witness in that he did good, gave us rain from heaven, fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And with all these sayings, they could scarcely restrain the multitudes from sacrificing to them. Even tearing their clothes, giving them a sermon, they still wanted to kill the animal. Oh, you're gods, you know. Well, here's something important to remember. If the story ended here, it'd be one thing. But when we go in now to the next few verses, we find a very interesting turn. And here's what it is. Then the Jews from Antioch, And Iconium came there. And having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. Now, here's the point. When you go from verse 18 to verse 19, verse 18, they were honoring them as gods. In verse 19, they were valuing them to be completely worthless. worthless. Be careful of the praise of men. Because people are fickle. One minute they'll be saying you're a god and they'll be trying to sacrifice to you and the next day your, your albums will be in the trash can. People do not know what they want. Now friends, I think you've probably been to enough yard sales to know that. People don't know what they want. So it's best to know what God wants and live it his way rather than play to the crowds. Oftentimes, parents will even do this with their children. Well, honey, you do this, and everybody in class will like you. (laughs) No. No, in fact, you'd be better off to say, Honey, you know, you do what God wants you to do, and if they like you great, and if they don't like you, always remember God does. Because people don't know what they want. So they stoned him. Used real stones. Paul dragged... uh, They dragged Paul out of the city supposing him to be dead. Many people believe this is where it talks about in Corinthians where he was caught up in the third heaven. He in his God in his glory um, uh, where he had literally an out of body experience because it may very well be that Paul did die and God just allowed him to come back. We don't know. But it says in verse 20, however, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up, went into the city and the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. Another town. No. What's amazing here is this. They stone him. They drag him out of the city thinking he's dead. The disciples who love God gather around him. Paul just rolls over. And instead of running for his life, he goes right back into the city again where you just stoned. You don't stop people like this. <laughs> These guys are determined to do what God's called them to do. And it wasn't going to be this town that told him when to leave. It was going to be God that told him when to leave. Now, the next day he departed. Now, something amazing in all this is we remember there's a guy that Paul really liked, a young minister. His name was Timothy. And his mother was from this town that we're reading about. It may very well be that his mother observed all these things that were going on. Saw Paul come back into town the next day, realized, hey, this isn't just some goofy religion. This is something real here. We saw him. they, They killed him, basically, and now he's back in the town again. So Timothy becomes a Christian and joins the ranks of Christianity. And, of course, Paul, very dear to his heart, writes two letters to him to encourage him concerning being a young minister and what he needs to be mindful of. And so, it says they departed uh, with Barnabas to Derby, Verse 21, And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. So they went back to where they'd come from, reporting what had happened along the way. Notice it says they preached and made many disciples, so they were fruitful in what they were doing strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. We don't like that. Let's just mark that out of our Bible right now because I just want things beautiful, okay? (laughs) Wrong. (laughs) Let's read it again. We must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. Now friends, that is not a popular verse in the uh blab it and grab it theology. It's not a popular verse in probably 21st century American Christianity. Uh, but it is through many trials that we go and we enter into the kingdom of heaven. Why is that? Because we know that we are alive going against a very dead world. And I believe these trials that we go through prove what you and me are. Anybody can go through a trial and run. It's when you go through a trial and you stay and you fight for what you know is right. That's what makes the difference. And today we have a Christianity out there that says, well, we'll just capitulate. We'll roll over to anything that challenges us. Well, if you want that, I'm sure there's a lot of places even in town here that'll, that'll uh, greatly, uh, um, accommodate that kind of uh, mentality. But it's not biblical theology. You see, when you really look at biblical theology, Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. Well, what is that simply saying? That means that a live fish swims against a dead world. And there's stuff in that dead stream that's going to hit you as it's coming down. But you're all right. You see, God wasn't done with Paul. They stoned him. They drug him out of the city. But God says, I'm not done with you yet. Paul, get up. Okay. Brushed himself off. Goes back in the city. I like that. You don't stop people like that. We need to recognize who we are in Christ. We're an unstoppable army until God is done with us. When God's done with us, we're out of here, okay? Rapture or individually, whichever. But until that time comes, we are salt, we are light. Don't forget who you are in Christ Jesus. Then he says, strengthening the souls of the disciples. That's why we're here, friends. That's what we do. We encourage one another. We bless one another. Bear one another's burdens, as the Bible says. And so it says, and exhorted them to continue in the faith. Why is that? Because sometimes we forget. So when they had appointed elders in every church, they prayed and prayed with fasting. They commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. They realized that these guys were all young believers. So God, you help them do what they're supposed to do. They realized it was a supernatural thing. And after they had passed through Poseida they came to Pamphylia. And when they had preached the word in Pergia, they went down to Atalia. And there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work which they had completed. And when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them, and that he had opened the door for the faith to the Gentiles. And so they stayed there a long time, with the disciples. And so, y- you see that there was a time of work and a time of rejoicing, a time of, of, of advancing and a time of rest. That's what, as we go back to the book of Proverbs tells us, uh, book of Ecclesiastes tells us, there's a balance in the things we do. To everything, it says in Ecclesiastes 3, there's a season. There's a time to build up, a time to break down, a time to gather stones, a time of casting them away. Sometimes we like to just think, well, I like this one particular area of my life and I'm not going to leave from here. Hey, listen, as Christians, God can move us around, do what he wants to with us. That's what keeps the Christian life exciting, keeps you from getting rutted. What's a rut? A rut is just a coffin with the ends kicked out. Never forget that. So let God do something new. Put yourself in the place where God can bless you that way and realize that God has built you and me into his army. May he guide us and direct us in that call that he's called us into. Father, tonight, thank you for your love. We thank you, God, for your word that encourages us and gives us insight of what to expect in the days to come. The great miracles, the things you do, and yet the opposition tells us that our message is effective. And so, Father, may your Holy Spirit strengthen, guide, encourage each one listening tonight. And may we be about your business. And may our light shine. And may we truly be the salt and the light of the earth. In your name. Amen.
1: Thanks for joining us on It's Time. As Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store. Or by downloading it from the It's Time website. At the RiverChristian Fellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.